today on Commitment to Truth. When we ultimately do as Christ says, we will never be able to contain the results. You see, the results from obedience is always better than the fruit we can produce on our own. Obedience may be uncomfortable. It may feel erratic. It may feel totally against what you have feel and think and done before, seen done before, but it will always be more fruitful to do it God's way rather than our own way. Amen. Welcome to Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Each week, Pastor Cedric Brown and the pastoral team at Commitment Church strive to draw you into a deeper relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Cedric, lead pastor of Commitment Church, with today's message. Satan does not want you to let down your nets. Secondly, yourself does not want you to let down your nets. There's nothing in us that wants to do this. So thirdly, it must then be the Spirit of God who is saying, let down your nets. If you just have this weird idea to talk to a total stranger, you really think it's you? Have you ever had, I don't know, have you ever had that weird idea? It's like, maybe you should give them a card. Maybe it's like, where did that randomly come from? It wasn't you. <laughs> and it wasn't Satan because he wishes all would perish. So it has to be the Spirit of God saying, do it. Say it. Has to be. Because it's not you, nor is it the enemy. Lastly, now that we know who he is, you find in verses 7, latter part of 7 and verse 8, we must now urgently draw closer to Christ. Listen to what it says again. So when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord. Again, weirdly enough, he put on his outer garment because he was stripped for work and he threw himself into the sea. So why would you get dressed and just jump in the water? But the other disciples came in a little boat for they were not far from the land, but about 200 cubits away, dragging the net full of fish. The word throw or through means this, to throw are to let go of a thing without caring where it falls. So he literally lost complete concern for himself. Complete. Please let that settle in your heart and mind because he defied logic. Logic says, no, keep your clothes off, dive in the water, run to shore. Logic says that. But when you recognize him as Lord, logic is all out of the window, goes out of the window. 
He's now responding to the Lord and it, because he has this desire to urgently draw closer, urgently respond, urgently respond. So he, he throws himself in the water without care for where he's going to fall. The other part of the definition of throw also means this, to give over to one's care, uncertain about the results. What does that sound like, church? Oh, God, I'm just going to do whatever you tell me to be, do, uh, do and be whoever you tell me to be, not even concerned about the results. And more particularly, I'm not even concerned about the results in me or my life. Listen, that is probably the biggest hindrance to the gospel of Jesus Christ is, well, if I tell them this, I don't know how they're going to respond to me. Well, if I tell my close friend about how now I'm drawn so closer to Jesus, I may lose, them, lose my friend. What's going to happen to me? Well, you know, if I stop clubbing and, and doing this and that, well, you know, they're going to think that I, I am, right? That I'm not like who I say I, I used to be. Well, you're not. We got to get to a point that we throw ourselves in the water and ultimately says, I'm giving over to you, Jesus, and I don't care about the uncertain results that will happen to me. Because my life doesn't belong to me anymore anyway. Why is this important? It's because the reality, church, is this, that we've all have been previously alienated and have this hostile attitude towards the Lord Jesus Christ. But now, the scripture promises that Christ is our hope of glory in us. I was once alienated. I had a bad attitude towards Christ. Yet he chose to live and indwell me and give me the hope of glory. The whole world needs to know about that. And that's why Colossians chapter 1 verse 21 through 29 is so important to read here or at least through 24, it says, and although you were previously alienated and hostile in attitude, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in his body of flesh through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. If indeed you continue in the faith firmly established and steadfast and not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven and of which I, Paul, was made a minister. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake and in my flesh I am supplementing what is lacking in Christ's affliction in behalf of his body, which is the church. 
So you, it was so amazing. He said, I'm supplementing what Christ has suffered. So I'm willing to simply say, God, I'm going to throw myself in the water, run closer to you. If it means being able to have a more fruitful result in casting my net in this dark world, that if it means that I need to also supplement the sufferings of Christ through my own sufferings, let it be. You see, as we draw closer to Christ, our attitude towards him starts to completely change. It's unlike when you draw closer to other people who are sinful, you get closer to them, and then you find out about their sin, and the sinful tendency is to pull back from them because you found out sin in their lives. Does Jesus do that to us? Just doesn't happen that way. Doesn't mean you participate in the sin and you participate and approve of what they do, but when he gives you the privilege to get closer and closer and closer so you can fish a little bit better and a little bit better, and you find out more and more and more and more about it, you can't just pull your, 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 your rod out of the water. It's unacceptable. Can you imagine if he did that to you? While you were alienated and hostile towards him. Then he says, whoop. You acted too much like a fool today, and I'm just going to pull it out. Oh, I can't believe it. You said that. Oh, you did that. Oh, I can't believe it. You're still doing that. Oh, I'm not going to fish for you anymore. No. Uh, no, 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 no. Again, you don't, doesn't mean that you, okay, well, I'm going to get closer, and then now I'm going to start acting like you. No, I'm not going to act like you. But I won't stop fishing for you. Because he never stopped fishing for me. You see, when we have his glorious hope, we're willing to throw ourselves in the sea. If it means I'm the bait, let me be the bait. Today, you may be in the right pond, even with the correct bait. But you know what I'm finding? And some of you, again, you probably know you better than me at this fishing stuff. But you also may need the right weight. There's a bait that's needed. There's a weight that's needed. Listen to this. What is a, a fishing weight? In fishing, the term weight essentially means the same thing, alluding to a piece of metal or lead used to sink a lure or bait to some level in the water. They are connected to the fishing line, made in many shapes and sizes. Also, they have diverse applications. Generally, fishing weights are light in weight and small. As a rule, it is best to use the lightest weight that will 
efficient, efficiently suit the depths you're fishing and, listen to this, and the presentation you are using. It says, a great fishing rod, leader, hook, and optimal bait is excellent. But if you can't get your fish bait down into the strike zone, none of it matters. For example, the classic hook, worm, bobber combination can be augmented with a weight to ensure that the bait reaches a desired depth. Right pond, right bait, but not deep enough. Not in the right place. Just a few meters off. Sounds like life. Sounds like some of our fishing expeditions for souls. Why weights? Fishing weights can help anchor bait into one place, move bait along currents, and navigate rough obstacles at the bottom of the ocean or lake bed. Fishing weights provide you with great deal, a great deal of stability when the water currents underneath flow with high velocity or going through different water currents. It also helps your bait uh, be stationary in case there's too much variation of speed between different layers of water. Most importantly, it helps the fishing hook hold on to its position in the initial moments when the fish grab the bait and starts moving. Have you ever led, uh, uh, tried to lead someone to Christ and you got them a little bit on the hook and they just, shoo, just like swim away? <laughs> Look what happened. I thought they were so close. And again, I want to emphasize why weights, they help the presentation you're trying to show the targeted fish. You could be in the right pond, the right bait, but not the right weight. You see, here's our weight, church. Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 5. Devote yourselves to prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer. Keep an alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. Hmm. Praying at the same time for us as well. Paul's talking to the church at Corinth, right? Listen to what he says. Pray for us as well that God would open to us a door for the word so that we may proclaim the mysteries of Christ. Who's opening the doors Who's opening the mouths of fishes? It's not the pond. It's not the bait. It's not the fishing skills. It's the power of a living God. Who hears his people pray, hey, can you open the mouths of the fish around me? Can you give me opportunities? Give us opportunities, God, for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Open opportunities. How many people in the church don't even think about praying something like that?
How many people don't even pray? So we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I have also been imprisoned, that I may make it clear. So pray for me that when we, it's time to say something, use the bait, that it's clear in the way that I ought to proclaim it. Not the way I want to do it, but I, the way I ought to proclaim it. And then it's interesting how he stitches verse 5 and 6 with this. So then conduct yourself with wisdom towards outsiders, making the most of the opportunities. Your speech must always be with grace as though seasoned with salt so that you will know how you should respond to each person. Prayers are weight. You can know the five spiritual laws and, and some of you know that, what that is, you know, how to pe- lead people to Christ and, and you can do all these things. But if it's not bathed in prayer, two things, if it's not bathed in prayer, chances are minimal opportunity. If it's not bathed in prayer, we won't be prepared to fish. If we're not bathed in prayer, chances are we're going to open our mouths and say the wrong thing. And we're going to over-season the food. At the end of the day, day church, We have to be a people, we have to be a church that is willing to seek his face on behalf of the lost. Because for the record, somebody's prayed for you. Could have been your grandfather, could have been your great-grandfather, could have been your neighbor when you were a kid. Somebody prayed for you into the kingdom of God. Somebody prayed for me. And we may not know who prayed for us until we see him in glory. But we have a responsibility as a church that, you know what, God, I'm going to pray that wherever I go, you give me personally, you give our church and everybody who's attached to this church the opportunity and open doors to see people of all nations, tribes, and tongues come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And God, let me make sure that I have my net always packed with me. So we can see the glorious gospel accomplish the work that has been sent for even into the next generation. Amen. Hello, this is Cedric Brown, your teacher on Commitment to Truth. I would like to personally thank you so much for tuning in week after week to listen here on this station. My prayer is that our time together is encouraging and strengthening you in your personal walk with our Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen. I'm not going to assume that all of you know this Christ that I speak about week after week. And if you don't, and this is you, my prayer is that you are being inspired to know him personally through commitment to truth. But if you want to invite this Christ into your life right now, would you like to please pray with me? It's just a short prayer. It goes like this. 
Just say, Jesus, I acknowledge today that I am a sinner and I've sinned against you. But I believe that you came to die for me. You were buried for me and you rose again from the grave just for me. Jesus, I ask you to come into my life to be my Lord and my risen Savior. And I surrender my life completely to you until I see you face to face. Jesus, would you, would you please empower me through your Holy Spirit to live the rest of my life for your glory and for the good of others? In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. So if you pray this prayer, or if you need help finding a local Christ-centered and Bible-teaching church, please email me at info at commitmenttotruth.org. Once again, that is info at commitmenttotruth.org. And lastly today, could you please do two things for me, all of you? Number one, could you spread the word about commitment to truth to your friends, your family, and even your enemies? We all could learn, right? And secondly, please email me at info at commitment to truth to let me know how this ministry is impacting your life. Once again, that is info at commitmenttotruth.org. I would love to hear from you. May God bless you and your family and have a great day. Thank you again for listening to our series from Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. If you want to listen to the previous messages in this series, or if you want to hear messages from other series, visit Commitment Church on YouTube or Pastor Cedric Brown on Spotify, Pandora, or other podcast providers. You can also visit us on our website, commitmentchurch.org. And if you live in the Philadelphia, Delaware, or South Jersey area, we would love to see you in person as well. You can attend any of our services by visiting us at 2 Berlin Road South, Lindenwald, New Jersey, 08021. Thank you again for listening, and have a blessed and wonderful day.